I'm Zach Dunlap, pastor of Multisite at Birmingham and Berkeley First. Welcome to Church Folks, the new podcast where we interview folks from our church community about who they are and what God is doing in their lives. Throughout the Bible, people are encouraged to bear witness to what they have seen and heard. Continuing in that tradition, this podcast offers a forum for people to get to know one another and be inspired. Our hope is that the stories of these church folks empower you to share your stories, to inspire others, and to be a part of beloved community together. I am here today with Stephanie Laird. Stephanie, for those listening who don't already know you personally, tell us a little about yourself. Well, uh, I'm Steph. I'm Stephanie Laird. I I. Uh... I attend I attend Berkeley first, but I but I uh, and I've attended ever ever since the Berkeley first campus reopened. But I but I originally attended the original Berkeley first, and I became a member of the original Berkeley first all the way all the way back in in two all the way back in two thousand. So I. So I've been a member for quite a few years. What has helped you stick around as part of the church family? Just I I I have loved I have loved what I've seen seen the Birmingham campus do, and I just I'm enjoying everything that they're doing and within the church and within and within the community. Stephanie, what? gifts, talents, experiences, or abilities have shaped your experience of God in this world? Well, first of all, um, if I may go back a little bit in, in my growing up, um, growing up, I, I, never, I never attended a church, a church, but I a church, but I was always I was always raised Methodist, and I was always told about God and Jesus, and I and I and I believed in everything. But then, but then, uh, in in two thousand, my two cousins, Andy, Andy and Kyle, were were they had started attending church, and they. They were they were going to be baptized at 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 Berkeley first, and we got the me, me and my mother me and my mom received the invitation to the bat to the baptism. And I will admit, when I first when I first saw the card, I was like I was like, oh oh, we have to go to church because because like I said, I had never formally attended church. So at first I was, I, I had the attitude of, oh, oh, we have to attend church. So we went, we went to their baptism and the baptism was, was, I was wonderful. But during the service that day, that day, I remember as we were, as we were singing a, a hymn, I I tapped my I tapped my mom on her arm and I she leaned down and I whispered to her 
that that I know I said I know we live far because at the at the time we attended the baptism we lived in Warren. So but I told my mom that he, I know I said I know we live kind of far, but I said I would really I would really enjoy and hope that we can come back because during during that baptism, during their baptism, I felt I felt God I felt God's presence and I felt and I felt the need to come back and I felt and I just felt the comfort of that place. Mm. That's beautiful, Stephanie. In the United Methodist Church, of course, we believe in two sacraments, baptism and communion. Baptism is a once in a lifetime kind of deal and communion is as often as you are together and partaking of it. Um, but the truth is there are all kinds of uh, sacred moments that aren't necessarily sacraments too. Um, ways that God shows up in our everyday lives. Can you share with our listeners another time or two where maybe you felt particularly close to God? Um, I, as, as a few people may know, I am, I am, I am really into public speaking and, and be, and being an advocate for myself and others with disabilities and just people in general. But uh, when I when I was in high school, a, a teacher, the special ed teacher, asked me to be part of a panel of students to go speak to a, a regular ed class about what it was like to have a disability. And at first, I didn't want to do it. I was like, No, 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 I I don't want to do it. But she kept she kept trying to in, encourage me. She was like, Come on, you'll be you'll be good at it. You'll be good at it. So, so I finally get. I finally said, "Oh, I finally said, okay, I'll do it." So I ended up, I ended up doing it, and it turned out, and it turned out to be fabulous, and I really enjoyed it. So from then on, and that was, and that was back in ninth, and that was back in ninth grade when I did that. So I, I continued on, I continued on with my. High school years, I, me and my mom moved to Texas. I finished up my, I finished up high school and graduated high school in Texas. But, but through the, through all this time, I had never forgot, I had never forgotten the feeling and how much I really enjoyed the public speaking and sharing my story. And so I ended up after I left high school, after I took about a year off, I ended up taking public speaking at the community college in Texas. And and with the goal with the goal of someday of someday public speaking. And the and and the way I felt God had a hand in that was the way the way that feeling stayed with me. And how I kept on and off, I kept thinking about it through the years. And I finally realized I was like, okay, okay, God, I know, I know that this is what you want me to do. I know that this is what you want me to do. How important do you think it is for people to find their voice and use it? It, 
to it is it is it is really important and i'd like to add that it's not that yes finding you finding new voice is very important because if i may say as on a side note i i used to also i used to also be very shy a a example of this that i give when i do my public speaking presentations is that when my mom and i would go to restaurants whether it be sit down or uh, fast food, I would tell her what I wanted to eat, and then she would tell the person behind the counter or the waiter or waitress. So, but obviously, I am nowhere. I am nowhere near that now. But back to finding your voice. Yes, yes, I believe that everybody ha- has has and should has the right and should find their voice. But I would like to add that to me, no matter how severe the disability, even even the not even the nonverbal can can find a way to communicate and let people know what they want and need or what they like and they don't like. So everybody has a way of communicating. Absolutely. Thank you for making that important point. What would you say to someone who, um, you know, maybe like that, that first time you had an invitation to um, speak to a different class and um, you were feeling a bit reluctant about that? What would you say to someone who maybe has an opportunity to step out in some way or is feeling God um, nudge them to, to do something or speak out about something or begin something in their lives. And, and yet they're feeling reluctant. They're nervous. They don't really feel ready to step out. What would you say to someone who's feeling that way? Uh, I, I would tell them, I would tell them to just take that chance because even if, they feel like they didn't do their do their best, or even if they feel like they made a mistake, that making mistakes is how how we learn, and it's part of and it's part of growing up, and it's one of those things that if that if you don't take the opportunity, you you may you may end up you may end up wishing that you had. And to me, when you're given opportunities, it's because it's. The reason you're given that opportunity is because that's part of God's plan for you. I couldn't agree more. I think God often speaks, um, at least I've experienced in my own life, God often speaks through opening and closing doors. God speaks through those little quiet nudges and those new opportunities. Well, that's like back to the public speaking. I, With me keeping thinking about it, I finally realized it was him telling me that's because this is what you're meant to do. And that's really one of the avenues that you share God's love with others. What are some other ways, Stephanie, that you um, make God's love real in the world or seek to, let me rephrase that. What are some other ways, Stephanie, that you seek to make God's love real in the world? Uh, Even though, even though I don't do it from, a religious aspect, just the just the way I help the people I mentor to live to live their life the way they want to, and just to achieve their goals, and just give them the support, and just be just be the uh, the 
the advocate that I am, and even if even if not by what I say, but by by uh, just them seeing the way I live my life, hopefully I can hopefully I can inspire them and let them know that they can do whatever they they want to do. You are an inspiration, Stephanie. You know, a lot of times people talk about um, being a voice for the voiceless. Um, but I think that doesn't go far enough. And, and and I think you really clarify that in your work, that it's not about being a voice for the voiceless. It's about helping people um, discover their own voice and put it to use, um, as you said, even if it's in nonverbal ways. Mm-hmm. Even though you tend to be such an upbeat person, Stephanie, I know you also have hard days. We all do. What gets you through the hard days? Uh, I. I used to I used to have a pit a pity party. I used to have pity parties all the time, but I I've I make this joke. I've I've stopped ha- I've stopped having pity parties because they they don't serve good food at pity parties. So <laughs> so I so I so I don't have pity parties anymore. And what I what I do, and like you said, everybody has a bad day or a bad moment here and there, here and there. But what I do is at the end of the day, I, I really focus on what happened good in the day. Yes. I, I'm aware that a few bit, a few not so good things happened, but I just focus more on the positive. That's a good way to go through life. I think what we focus on, and and how we focus on it makes a great deal of difference. At least in my own life, I've found that, you know, when I wake up in the morning and, and I'm looking for an opportunity to share the love of God, I'm beginning the day ready for one of those nudges of the Holy Spirit. I go through the day differently as opposed to waking up and being like, oh, here we go again, right? Yeah. You you shared some times when you felt closest to God, Stephanie. When have you felt furthest from God, and how has God made Himself known to you? Maybe even in those times. Well, when when I when I was a teenager, I was going I was going through I was going through some stuff, and I actually remember writing writing in one of my one of my journals, I said, I said, God, I, God, I know, I know everybody has a purpose in this world, but what is my purpose? And then I even remember at one time, um, uh, quite a few times when I would struggle in school and just in life in general with my disability. And I remember asking him, why me? Why, why was I? Why, why was I given this disability? So, but, but now, now through my lifetime, I, I realized that I was, that I was given this disability um, to just share my, share my story and just do, do what I do, do what I do. Because if, if I, if I did not have this disability, I would, I wouldn't know I wouldn't know any of the people I know. I wouldn't be connected with the fabulous organizations that I'm connected with. I would not not have my fabulous job. So, so I would I would not I would not change 
anything. Yes, parts of my life have been a struggle, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. If there was one thing you could fix, not about your own life necessarily, but about about the world. I mean, let's face it, there's some there's there's plenty of brokenness in this world. If there was one thing you could fix, Stephanie, what would it be and why? Uh I think I think what I would fix or at least attempt to fix is just everybody everybody's uh just I'm sorry, I trying to figure out how I can word this. But just how everybody's so quick to disagree with everybody and just be just all the all the negativity that's going on lately with it, with everything. It does seem like there's a lot of heightened polarization right now that like, if you disagree with me, you're therefore my enemy. Not if we disagree, that's okay. We don't have to see eye to eye, but we can still be in dialogue together and collaborate together. Um, it seems like there's less of that collaboration these days and more um, finger pointing and blaming, doesn't it? Yes. And I I like the saying, and I wish we could do this, is ag- agree, agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that's one of the things that at least we strive to do at Berkeley first is, is focus on what unites us. And what unites us is Christ. Um, yeah. And Christ is greater than anything else that divides us. And I think that really is a beautiful reality, at least in this little tiny corner of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the thing, one of the things I think would like to change is just all, all the, all the, all the violence, all the, all the gun violence. Everybody's, I've noticed lately that everybody's, not everybody, I shouldn't say, but you know, quite a few people are wanting to solve their issues with the gun instead of talking to people yeah yeah you know and i don't and i don't promote violence of any kind but even they they would rather pull out a gun than maybe just hit somebody i mean i'm not condoning that either but it they go to extremes for sure and throughout history there's a lot of violence that has been done in the name of the church, um, which to me is just such a distortion of what Jesus lived and taught. I mean, in all his life, the only blood that Jesus ever shed was his own. Um, He never advocated for acts of violence toward anyone and instead bore the weight and the suffering of violence and sin himself for each of us. In the United Methodist Church, we're really big on grace. And uh, there's the grace that God is pursuing us our whole life long, that prevenient grace that comes before any human action. There's justifying grace that happens the moment that we are saved, the moment we go from being God's beloved creation to God's beloved child. We put our trust in Christ and we're adopted into the family. But there's also sanctifying grace, um, which is really the work of the Spirit in us over the course of a lifetime, whereby we become more and more like 
Jesus and less like our former selves over the course of our lives. And um, I think each of us in some ways have times when that's more obvious than other times. Maybe uh, once in a while we plateau or we kind of uh, slide to a standstill, but then there are these other times in our lives when we are really stretched and transformed in powerful ways um, and, and essentially grow up. Um, we, we mature in our faith. I know that's that's been the case with you, Stephanie. Um, you continue to um, grow up in Christ in many, many ways. Can you share of a time when you really sensed God stretching or transforming you? I'm, fe- I'm feeling it right, right now, actually, these last few months, because I've, I've, I'm still continuing to work as a field mentor at Community Living Services Auckland County, but we, they also have, they also have a community living services in, in Wayne, Michigan, and I and I and I was asked because the two the two community living services want to become want to become one where we do where we do more things together. So what they want so what they want to do because there's peer mentors in the Oakland office and in the Wayne office. And what they want to do is have it be where the 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 peer mentors in Oakland can mentor people in Wayne and vice versa. So I was approached by my supervisor a few weeks ago um, about whether I would want to start mentoring people in Wayne County, and I and I said yes that I that I would really like to do that. Well, in order to do that, I have to I have to do some online trainings because there's some more classes that the the Wayne office requires. So I I am in the process. I'm going I'm going to be starting doing that. So then when I finish up the trainings, there's about sixteen of them all together. But when I get done with that, I will be able to mentor not only people in Oakland County. But Wayne County as well as well. That's tremendous. That's tremendous, Stephanie. That's a that's a a testament to the good work that you do. And there's definitely a biblical principle at work there too, that when we are faithful with small things, we're entrusted with more. And that's not saying that what you've been doing is is small. What you've been doing is amazing. Um, but that when you're faithful with what you've got. You're entrusted with more. God expands your territory, so to speak. And of course, with that comes more responsibility as well. So we'll certainly be praying for you, Stephanie, as God expands your territory um, beyond Oakland County and into Wayne as well. Well, thank thank you. It was one of those things where I was hesitant for a few moments, but then I just just said yes. I knew it was another thing. God, God was leading me to. What would you say to someone who thinks, sure, God exists, God is out there somewhere, but God couldn't possibly use me to accomplish his good purposes in the world? 
I would just say, I would just say um, that we, even if you don't think what you have is a talent and can be used in, in God's work, that, that it, it definitely can, whatever your, your talent, it can be used. Because like, like I tell people for me, I, I, I love to, I love to talk and that, now I now I get paid to do it, and I I uh, help people with with my ability to t- talk. So no matter what, no matter what, we all we all have a talent, and even if you don't think it's anything that important, I I I just even though you don't think it's that important, I'm sure I'm sure it's more I'm sure it's more important than you even know. That's beautiful, Stephanie. Beautiful and so very true. Any concluding words of wisdom for our listeners today? Um, I would just like I just would like to tell tell everybody that I just continue I just continue to live my life and I do, I don't let I don't let my disability stop me because when I was younger my mom used to always tell me not to let my disability be a reason that I don't do or try something, and that's that's how I that's how I live my life today. In fact, I, I when I'm speaking to people now, when it comes to my disability, which for those of you that don't know, I I have I have cerebral palsy, but but uh, I tell people now that when it comes to my disability. Medically, medically, I know I have a disability. So if need be, I will bring it up to a doctor in like the medical setting. But when it comes to everyday life, I just, I don't even think of myself as having a disability anymore. I just have limitations. Which everybody, disabled or not, everybody, everybody has limitations. Absolutely. Everyone has limitations. Everyone has talents and gifts. Everyone has the opportunity to be about God's work in this world. Stephanie, it is a joy to know you and to be the church with you. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. That concludes this episode of Church Folks. Thanks for joining us. You can find out more about Birmingham and Berkeley First on our websites, fumcbirmingham.org and berkeleyfirst.org. Take some time this week to share your story, listen to the stories of others, and look for those points of intersection with the greatest story ever told, the continually unfolding story of God's love in Jesus Christ. Peace.